great to be with y'all. You know, we took in, if you were here, Lee, was that about a month ago? We took in 56 members. Um, but we made a decision, meeting down here in the sanctuary, we've decided to hold this inquirer's class often. Because in the past, we've kind of made people wait, you know, about six months, really, to be able to know more about the church. So uh, this is our first time just to say... Um, Three weeks after folks join, uh, we want, you know, folks that are new to be able to know about Highland. So we are glad you're here, and um, we want to give you the information. Uh, my name is Joseph Wheat. I'm married to Gina Wheat. Uh, I was uh, right out of seminary here at RTS in 1988, and about 25 or so of the people at Highlands now were close friends of mine back in 1988. But I was called to First Presbyterian Church of Augusta uh, to be a singles minister and hand-selected Gina out of my singles ministry. Uh, yes, I call myself a wolf in shepherd's clothing. But uh, got the permission of the elders. I was a mountain lion. Yeah, you'll have to go to the service to understand that. Um, but anyway, um, we have two children, Sarah Caitlin, who is a junior at Mississippi State. By the way, we're neutral. I'm an Auburn graduate, so they pick their school, any school you want to go to, um, as long as it's in-state tuition. Um, junior and a freshman at Mississippi State University, and they are loving that, and they love Highlands, and they have, they have loved the ministry of this church. Gina and I have loved the ministry of this church. And I'll maybe talk a little bit more about my personal feelings for Highlands uh, when we talk about our vision and our values and the vehicles of ministry that, um, that we, we use to see the kingdom of God come here. So let's look in our, our booklet. And I want us to look at vision, values, and vehicles. Uh, we call this the three Vs. Vision is just a way of see, seeing what the church can be like, what the kingdom of God can be like as it comes through highlands values are the core commitments that the scriptures give us that we would never deviate from that's that kind of the, the the bones the framework of how that ministry happens how you are able to see it and then vehicles are simply the the ministry structures and opportunities that allow us to to actually flow in time and space as a church to to carry out that vision uh, by those values. So I want to start with uh, the vision. Vision is a creative recipe for a specific ministry. You know, you think of vision, I just put my glasses on, vision. It just means a way of seeing. You know, being a, um, an elder, and I'm, I'm an elder along with the other elders, and being a group of elders, you really are tasked with God to not only say, follow us, come, come this way, you know, that's one of the reasons elders really need to walk with the Lord. But you need to turn this way and say, we're going here. Does that make sense? So you kind of lead by example, come, come with us, and we're going here. Now, it's the we're going here part that makes it uh, especially interesting because you have to choose what here looks like. Now, you really need to look at what your culture is. Um, if this were a, a steel mill town and the steel mill was uh, closed... And there were just people everywhere, um, out of, uh, unemployed. Uh, that might ministry to that group of people might look a little bit different than a suburban place or a college town, a small college town like Starkville, where my children are. That you know, there may be opportunities. How you might see 
what ministry looks like that might be a little different. I mean, this is something we're certainly used to with our missionaries. You know, they go off into another culture, and we want them to see the culture, right? We want them to kind of uh, parse what really is. We, don't, we want them to not, for instance, you know, sometimes we even offend people without knowing it. Um, and we, we need for them to understand the culture and to see what ministry should look like there. That can change when the culture changes. That's just all vision means. It means, you know, what, by and large, what do you want to see happen? Um, God gives vision, and where there is no vision, the people perish. And what that means, literally, in the Hebrew, is that people throw off restraint. Meaning they don't have any direction. They just kind of go, they throw off restraint. They're not channeled. Where there's no vision, they throw off restraint. And, and it can be an anarchy almost situation in that text. But where there is vision, uh, we're able to, to be together, meaningfully pursue Christ together, pursue the kingdom of God together with great joy. And when there, you have a vision for being a, a people like we want to be, it's particularly joyful. Uh, our vision statement is to be a redeemed community reaching out. We'll talk about what all that means. We want to be a true Christ-centered, grace-oriented, redeemed community that reaches out at the intersections of life and culture. Um, this is calling us to be passionate about the gospel in our own lives, uh, within the, the church, and uh, in every sphere of culture for the gospel to go forth in different ways for us. Um, you know, it's interesting that in a, a culture where, where people are not as automatic anymore about the church are you noticing some of the changes in the culture happening not as automatic about maybe the lordship of christ and who kind of who the decider is in our lives him rather than us and these type of things um i think that uh even evangelism is going to have to be meaning sharing the good news um i think it's going to have to be more than just telling people some things and never seeing them again i think we're gonna have to say hey come back come follow me home Follow me home to Highland. See if, see if this is real. And we really are a redeemed community. Warts and all, but Christ is here. Grace is here. Forgiveness is here. Truth is here. Obedience is here. And um, I think that for the church to be the church has always been important. Uh, after all, we say, when people say, I can't go to church because there's hypocrites in the church. Well, yes, there's hypocrites in the church. The senior pastor is one of them. Uh, any, is there anybody here that completely practices what the scriptures say or what we, what we uh, claim to believe? No, and there's a lot of repenting that goes on. But I think that um, maybe one of the things they mean by that isn't just Christians who uh, err, you know, who, who sin. I think what they mean is that there's just not reality, too, within the body of Christ, that this isn't what it's purported to be. And i got to tell you... Um, it is, it is hard trying to lead a church in 2014 to community, to togetherness, to church, when, when, it, when people aren't sure whether they want that or not. They desperately want that, but we choose all over the place because we're just busy people. Skew lines everywhere uh, don't lead to oneness and to unity. I think there has to be a compelling sense of what the church is for us to say, that is what I need that is what I choose, uh, and I want my children, uh, if we have children or grandchildren, 
uh, to be a part of that as well. Um, it is easy to be mobile, busy, and yet lonely. Isn't that the truth? But God made us to need him and to need one another. And the church is that place for redeemed, Christ-centered community. You know, Augustine made a famous statement one time. He said that God is our father and the church is our mother. And he didn't mean that the church was equal to God or anything like that. What he meant was is that God is our father and we're nurtured in the church. And, and there's love and there's that embrace and there's that, you know, that, that care and that feeding, all, the, all that mothers do that comes through the church. Um, a redeemed community, I'm on paragraph one here, celebrates grace and truth and freely gives them in relationship within the body. We are a worshiping community, a teaching community, a nurturing community. Um, we want uh, for this church to be a place where the grace of Christ is. Uh, reigns. Uh, we don't want you to pretend like you're perfect here because that would be lying. We're not asking you to embrace sin in a bad way. We're asking you to embrace reality and be able to bring that to Jesus with us because he is our solution. He is our savior. His grace really is uh, how uh, our lives are made and, and are integrated to brought together in wholeness through grace and how our sin is dealt with, and even our sin one to another. Where grace reigns in the church, uh, it is double still reinforced. Nothing can destroy that church. And nothing on earth is like that church. Where Jesus actually is and where grace and truth actually are flourishing. So we want to be a redeemed community. Um, you know, is Highlands a perfect redeemed community? No. And we are struggling with our busyness just like everybody else uh, we are wrestling to work out relationships just like everybody else, but we really do want to. And uh, I have never been a part of a church um, that um, is as quick to forgive uh, within the body as Highlands. And I've never been in a church where I don't perceive gossip and there's confidentiality like this church. Because I think there's just a real respect of each other's lives. You know, I'm the senior pastor, but I'm going to tell you something, Woody, just to pick on you. Your life is every bit as important as mine, and that goes for everybody. I mean, you're, you have a life with God just like I do. My role is to have you as my brother and to serve you, and that's what happens when the gospel reigns in redeemed community. But we don't want just this for ourselves, right? Uh, we want to reach out. We're a redeemed community reaching out at the intersections of life and culture, and, um, you know, where, where, where God has located our church years ago when Highland Colony Parkway was new, I mean, I think this was one of, like, the second structure, the second thing out here. You maybe remember, um, uh, even since I've been here eight and a half years, there wasn't, wasn't a lot out here. But, you know, there's a lot out here. And God, God obviously, th this is a corner of our city and our state that has implications for great ministry opportunities. Uh, for instance, if you move here from out of state, you may end up in the Ridgeland-Madison area. Uh, you might end up over in Rankin County. You could end up in Jackson. But we typically have a mix of people that is not normal for Mississippi. And so there's lots of opportunity. And you know Mississippians need Jesus too. <laughs> and uh, their, their marriages need, and they need, they need those relationships too. So it's just a wonderful opportunity uh, for Madison-Ridgeland, the greater Jackson area. 
Uh, we have 16 acres. They bought this land just incidentally for like $350,000. It's worth $8.2 million now. You don't buy land on Highland Colony Parkway anymore and build a church. Um, and we're about to, as, as Lee mentioned, we're about to put shovels in on an 1,100-seat sanctuary just right there. And uh, an incredible area, three-story area for us to gather in and we can eat in. And, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll tell you more about that just as God has blessed this church. Highlands has grown from 200 and change uh, eight and a half years ago to, I think, with this last communicants class or uh, inquiries class, I think we just went over 900. I'd have to check that. Um, Anna's husband, Larney, would know. But we're, if we're not over 900, that's, you know, and, and as a friend of mine said, you'd have to be an idiot to pastor a church on Highland Colony Parkway and it not grow. I said, well, I might turn out to be that idiot at the, final, at the end of the day. We'll have to see. But uh, we've got great opportunities here. And we want to reach out. And um, we want to reach out personally, but also at every level through our families, vocations, recreation, the arts, politics, education, to name a few, um, reaching out at the intersections of life and culture. Here's the cool thing, is that the way God has built the church is basically you reach out at what we call the intersections of life. That's just where you know people and you've crossed the paths, intersection crossed the paths uh, of people out in the community. And you know, there's a, a, a big question that always needs to be answered in any age. But I think the busier we get, the more we need to answer this with the church. And that is, when people out there are crying, or rejoicing, or devastated, or have cancer, uh, or, or great things happen in their life, whatever, where is the church? You see, that is the question. Where is the church? And the answer is... Um, the church is you. And so you see right there out at your cubicle or your office or classroom, whatever you are, when you see that person just in deep need, you can love them in the name of Christ. That's what we see the church doing. A redeemed community living in grace, reaching out at the intersections of life with people. You actually have lots of opportunities. We're not asking you to grab somebody and Ask them if they're saved or something like that, you know, as the first um, way we deal with people. We want you to love in his name. We do want you to show and tell the gospel. I did a survey among the congregation eh, about three weeks ago where I said, how many of you came to Christ at a crusade? Nobody raised their hand. Usually like three people do, but nobody. This is the second service. This is the big service. How many of you came to Christ through... Um, in a church, hearing the word of God preached, and there were about 11 people that raised their hand and said, how many of you came to Christ because somebody took an interest in you, loved you, and shared the gospel with you? And every other hand. I mean, of course, there were people who are still considering Christ. You know, we have, we have kind of a slant on the way we, we speak here. It's, it's distinctively Christian. It's spiritual. It's uh, biblical. We, do not, we think people looking at Christ want the real deal. They don't want us to, like, hide things. I think they really want to make a decision about what is real. But we have a very respectful way of presenting that. So not every hand was raised. Some people are still trying to figure out what they want to do with Jesus. And God, of course, has, has the uh, last word in that. Um, so the intersections of life are meaningful. That's how most people are introduced to Jesus Christ. Uh, intersections of culture, you know, if you're a teacher, boy, that's a great in platform of cultural 
emphasis. Or if you're an artist or you're a politician or, you know, you're a businessman, you're a student, these are just ways that we actually can live and bring excellence and um, bring a kind of, um, uh, of truth to whole areas of vocation and avocation that we're interested in. So that's who we want to be. Um, we don't want to just reach out here. We've started churches, Madison Heights down the way. Our daughter church, we're so proud of our daughter church. We, we and another church started that church uh, eight years ago. Um, we have started other churches. We're about to start some, uh, a church down in South Jackson or kind of somewhere. We hadn't located it yet uh, and looking forward to that. Uh, we're looking at trying to start a church in Rankin County at some point. We actually tried a few years ago and, and failed for reasons I won't tell you right now. Um, they didn't, somebody didn't want it to be there, <laughs> but, um, so, and, and then just missionaries, uh, we really believe that we are world-sized Christians and that the church in the world needs the support, particularly where there are resources. That would be the church in the United States. And so it's a privilege to partner with people in other lands and to really pray for them, uh, be a part of their ministries and we're seeing the kingdom of God come. You know, there are things going on in the world uh, in, a, in, amount, in amounts and speed that far surpass what, what seems to be happening in North America and Europe. So it's really fun to be a part of that too. So, okay, close your books. No, don't close your books. Don't look at your books. Uh, we want to be, you may not get it right the first time. Our vision statement is to be, try to do it with me, a redeemed, make it, you know, move your mouth, a redeemed community reaching out at the intersections of life and culture. A plus. Nobody's going to fail the inquirer's class. I feel it. <laughs> Nobody's ever failed the inquirer's class. <laughs> um, so let's look at, you see that in the middle of the little diagram there? And now, now we're going to look at these little colorful spheres and, and what supports that. And that's what our values are. Values are the core pillars that God has shown us in Scripture upon which He wants to build His church. Whereas vision, a way of seeing how things can be, and that can change when the situation on the ground changes. It doesn't matter if the church is in China, Africa, or, or originally Mississippi. All churches should have the same biblical values. That's what's great. One of the reasons we really feel great about partnering with churches all throughout the world is we're brothers and sisters with them. They're real churches, just like we are. And the scriptures uh, have spoken. Uh, creativity is premium in gospel ministry. And we love creativity at Highlands. We're, we're not like this big ocean liner that takes forever to change to do something. We're like a little PT boat. We get an idea, we can, we can put it into play. You know, we love that. Even as the church grows, we kind of maintain that ability for change to be okay here. And that keeps it fresh as well. But we've got some core commitments that never change. So creativity is a minute at a premium in gospel ministry, but it never must range be, be beyond the desires and dictates of what the scriptures teach because God has spoken about his church. I'd like for uh, us to read uh, Acts 2, 42 through 47. And what I'd like for you to do is look for four things. You know, you can, this isn't rocket science. You can put it any way you want to. I just put it in a way that rhymed so we could kind of memorize it in an inquirer's class and in a congregation here are the four things we're committed to. Worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. Okay, can you say that with me? Worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. Very good. So as, we, as Jim reads this uh, out of the thing here, Jim, um, I'd like for you to say, look at 
you know, this is the church right after the Holy Spirit came down and empowered the believers at Pentecost. Lots of scriptures about the church in scripture that really highlight one thing or another or two. This is the best what you might call thumbnail sketch of what the early church looked like because it is a description of the whole church after Pentecost. So look for whether they were Godward and worshiping, whether teaching was important, whether they really nurtured and ministered to one another and to others, and whether they were reaching. You see any worship here? They're filled with all their prayerful people. They're meeting daily in the temple courts for worship. They, you know, they still could meet in some of those porticos. They didn't have a place to worship. The temple was, complex was huge. Um, so they were still meeting in some of those, those areas for worship every day. Um, yeah, I, these were very praising God. These were very Godward people. That Godwardness, worship, was a big part of what Jesus had done in their lives. You see any teaching? Somebody want to call out the teaching verse? Thank you. <laughs> the first one. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay. Uh, you see any nurture? Anybody taking care of anybody's needs? The fellowship. Yeah. Giving. He gave to anyone who had need. They're meeting from house to house. They, they kind of know each other. It's a real redeemed community. So we kind of have worship, teaching, nurture. You see anybody coming to Christ? You see any reaching going on? Yeah, maybe that last verse. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Wow. Daily. Somebody was coming to the Lord. And we don't know how that was happening, but we think they were just really living out loud, you know, for, for Christ. And I think, might I say, and I really think this is important today. Their community, their grace-oriented community spoke of reality. And people were like, you know what, that's real. This isn't real, this is real. And they, people can spot real love from 10 miles away. And they can spot a fake from 10 miles away. So, let's look at these four different values just really quickly at Highlands. We're just defining them a little bit so you'll know what we mean by them. Um, we've got three little statements about worship here. Historically rooted, joyfully presented, and passionately pursued. Uh, we basically have a 19th century Southern Presbyterian uh, form of worship. But rather than all the things you do every week, you know, in, in Southern Presbyterianism, we just do those every month. We have the Lord's Prayer every month, at least once. Uh, the Gloria Patri, the Apostles' Creed, uh, you name you know, the, the doxology. Why? Because we're Presbyterian. I mean, we love our tradition. We just, we have that every, all of that every month. The fact that we don't do it every week means that we're pulling some of those out. We think it's a little fresher when it's not every week. This is our personal opinion. Um, and it's just an opinion. Um, but we have a little, we have more time for preaching, prayer, and praise. Um, when we are able to kind of pull some things out, still be about our heritage, but also be able to go a little deeper in the teaching the prayers and the praise, uh, and excuse me, in communion, we spend about 23 com minutes in communion, which is unheard of in a Presbyterian church. We love just to have the time to linger around this table of grace together. It's wonderful. Historically rooted, joyfully presented. Um, our new sanctuary, by the way, will have lots of light in it <laughs> because we just love joy and brightness of the gospel, and we love to celebrate. Uh, grace uh, and passionately pursued. Um, 
we want Godward hearts and we want to see that being developed both personally and people's walk with God in their prayer life, their, their understanding of the scriptures, but, but corporately as well. You know, we need corporate worship probably as much as any time um, because God really does inhabit the praises of his people. He, God really is present in the Lord's Supper as well as remembered. You know, God really does uh, give us strength when the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. And God really does tell us his truth when the word is both read and preached. And we are like sheep, and we need that good shepherd. We need to be with him as well as just kind of hear from him. We live in an information age, but Christianity is not just something you kind of download into your mind. Christianity is also a relationship you experience. And God has made it that we actually experience with one another. You know, I need to be able, when I'm very struggling, to see Mage worshiping God with all her heart. I need to look down the row and go, okay, that's it right there. I'm struggling. I need to look this way. I need to see somebody weeping and say, okay, I get it. And, and God is here. You know, I, I need worship. And I just need to be uh, with the Lord in the way that he meets with us in corporate worship. Um, the transcendence of God and the eminence of God. Transcendence of God m- mainly just means that God is over his creation. Uh, God uh, is not housed in any building. Uh, God cannot be represented by stone, wood, or any other material or any person. And he is the great and majestic God who dwells in inapproachable light and glory that no man can look upon and live. Let there be reverence for God in the sanctuary. God demands worship from his creation by virtue of who he is. Worship is actually an obligation uh, of creatures toward creator. We want to recognize that in worship. But you know, God's not just transcendent, glorious, holy. You know, the great news is, is God came down here. And, and God brought relationship that we never could have, and he gave it to us through his own self-sacrifice. And so, what, you know what we say in worship? You know, let there be reverence, let there be awe of, of God. But then we say, because of Jesus, let there be joy. Let there be celebration. All reverence and celebration must go together in distinctively Christian worship because we are the objects of his affection. We are those who are his sons and daughters adopted by grace. Let us celebrate this grace and truth. Uh, let us celebrate Jesus together. That's the eminence of God. God is close. Emmanuel, God with us. He is transcendent and he is close. Teaching. Uh, all I'll say about this right now is simply that... Um, I'm waving the youth back. Thank you. <laughs> all I will say is that... Uh, you know, this is kind of the calling card of the PCA. We love teaching. If you come to a PCA church, you're going to you're going to have teaching. If those of you who are in the early service just got forty like forty one verses of scripture, uh, someone in the bathroom told me, "I love the PCA because otherwise we would have said we're not even going to read this, and I'll say one little thing about it." And uh, but you're going to explain it to us, uh, which is a um, a hard task, actually. Um, pray that it goes well in the second service and that people, you know, get it. Um, we do preach and teach so people will get it, not just so people can sit through something. Um, but we're going to teach you the scriptures verse by verse. Uh, we're going to teach you the scriptures and the historical background of the scriptures, the literary genres of the scriptures. 
we're going to teach you to get back into the world of the Bible. We're going to compare scriptures with scriptures in the teaching. We're going to have Old Testament studies, New Testament studies. Why? Because we want you to know the Bible. Uh, we're going to teach you theology. There it is, the T word. You know, theology is just the study of God. You know, if I, if I put on a board, God, who God is, who we are, what creation is, who we are, um, what promises has God made to us, uh, who is Jesus, how are we saved, what is the church, how does it all wrap up in the end? Y'all would want to know the answers to those things, right? Well, that's just the, like the table of contents of a systematic theology textbook. We're, we're not going to obscure, uh, obfuscate, I think is the big word. We're not going to make, we're not going to hide the meaning around big words. We're going to really try to bring this faithfully to you so you will understand what the sovereignty of God means. And you will understand uh, what the love, how high and wide and deep is the love of God, etc. We're not only going to teach you theology, we're going to teach you church history. We want you to know what happened and when and why. We're going to teach you biblical geography so you can actually get a sense of the topography of what happened and where. Uh, we're going to teach you about uh, how to analyze culture and, and bring the Word of God to it. We're, one of the great things about Highlands is we're very tuned in to our culture. We think that this is our moment on the stage of human history and that we need to be faithful to this moment and not just the 1600s. So we're going to teach you. If you want to be a lifetime learner, this would be a great place. I had a meeting with someone uh, that was in the last inquiries class. They, they came and they met, and I'm going to do some baptisms for them and they said, Joseph, we need to tell you something. And I said, what's that? And they said, we've been here about five months. We have learned more in five months here than we've learned in our entire Christian lives. And I was so delighted. You know, that, that may be a reflection on where they've been. I don't know, and that this is okay. But, uh, but whatever that meant, I was so delighted that, A, they were interested in learning and growing and couldn't wait to learn more. And, B, that they, were, they perceived that this would be a place where bread would be given to hungry people. So teaching is very important. Nurture, we love to minister to the poor, to people that do not have clothes, do not have shelter, do not have medical care, etc. One-tenth of our budget goes to that type of stuff. $1.6 million, that's $160,000 that goes to that type of relief. Our people are, you know, intersections of culture, remember, life and culture. If good ministries are happening in this town, we do not have to have one in our church. We got people that have hearts for mercy ministry and different. They're all spread out. A lot of them are leaders in these ministries all around. That counts, by the way, for Highlands Ministry if you serve in the community. Um, just because we want to nurture people. It's a little more straightforward to nurture a hungry person with food and a, a person, you know, that has threadbare clothes in winter with a coat or blankets. It's harder, I think, within the body of Christ, uh, particularly in a suburban church, for, for, the, for nurture to happen among us. And I'll tell you the reason why. It's hard to nurture somebody you don't know. You know, uh, Ryan, Ryan, right? I'm, I'm reading your tag there, Ryan. <laughs> I'm also honest. <laughs> um, Ryan, let's say that you are very discouraged. And what you needed in the way from, from me, let's say, of nurture is encouragement, right? That'd be one way to nurture. There's lots of ways to nurture, to bring care, nurture, touch. How could I nurture you in that moment? I would need to know you and know that you're discouraged. You see, I think one of the ways that the body of Christ is real is that we actually choose the body of Christ rather than everything else, 
I mean, I'm, we're not, we're, by the way, we don't think there's anything wrong with all these other things. We just have to prioritize our lives according to the kingdom of God. I promise you we're not against all this stuff. Um, but in true community, and, and, and when we're growing in our, our interface and relationship with people in the church, then we're able to nurture one another. Our Sunday communities are great, kind of ground zero for, for nurture. Uh, you come into the church and, you know, immediately there's a group of people that you can begin to get to know day one. And you'll have other opportunities, as we'll say in a minute. So worship, teaching, nurture, reaching. By reaching, um, we just mean being partners together in the Great Commission. And um, this certainly is about evangelism. By the way, we just started Wednesday night. I've written my own evangelism training. I've spent, I guess, 10 years now working on it. People have really enjoyed it. It's more about how to have a conversation. Uh, it's pretty low blood pressure for you. If you'd like to come learn that, we're just getting into the meat of it. I kind of explained it last Wednesday. Uh, so in the last, uh, down the second floor, the last co- uh, classroom all the way down this direction, I'd love to have you um, at 6.30. But we are, obviously, as I spoke about about evangelism, church planning, missions. But we'll get into this in a little more detail with the discussion of vehicles. So vision, a way of seeing ministry, got to make a decision, follow us, we're going here. Here's what it looks like, here's who we want to be. Values, here's, here's what the scriptures say it needs to reflect. And we can actually function really as the body of Christ. Vehicles. You know, in, in Mississippi, people that... Uh, they call their truck their vehicle. And their vehicle, that's just how to get the work done, right? With their vehicle. And they get from one place to another with the vehicle. Well, that's kind of like it is in ministry. We need to choose modes of ministries, opportunities for ministries, etc., for people to be able to actually step into, join in the ministry. These, these are just, these are these vehicles. How, how does vision become reality according to these values? Through vehicles of ministry. Um, you see the little um, the little circle over here uh, where we're adding different vehicles. Now, we've made it easy for you that we've kind of codenamed our vehicles around four things. We've, and you don't have to memorize it twice, around worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. And here's the reason why. We believe that the Holy Spirit has hardwired each one of us to need all four of those things. Worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. We want to provide that. We want to provide the opportunity for you to function as a fully functioning disciple of Jesus Christ within his church. And so we know that there's teaching in a lot of ministries and that there's nurture in a lot of ministries. But what we've done is we've kind of given you a starting place. And said, if you want to jump into this process of of being a fully functioning disciple, here's where you start. For instance, WTNR, Worship, Teaching, Nurture, Reaching, the, where you start with worship is the Sunday morning service. Duh. Well, that's where you start. That's where most people start. Where you start with teaching, and again, there's teaching in Sunday school, but look, we teach for an hour. That's unheard of in 2014. Why do we do that? Because there's a lot to learn. And we don't want to just be cursory. We actually respect your intelligence and your walk with God enough to actually give you the information. Hopefully in a way that is not complicated. I think all of our teachers, all of our staff are very good 
at making more difficult things easier. And um, so we, we would say to you, hey, I'm glad you're worshiping. Why don't you, why don't you come on Wednesday night? We're going we're gonna to eat together, have some more time together, and we're going to have some great teaching. Um, nurture. Sunday morning communities. This is where you meet people just day one. If you go up on the second floor or third floor um, to one of the communities, and there's everywhere there's, there's like bulletin boards that show you where to go. Um, this is where we begin to uh, know people's names and connect. This, these, these communities, they have social gatherings off-site, you know. Some people are late to Sunday school and then you don't have time and the first part is kind of where we have some time to just chat and drink some coffee. Just relax a little bit. It's a fast-paced culture. I love that. I mean, why would we waste our time drinking coffee? Well, this isn't geared to be an hour of teaching. This is geared to, to bring people together and have some meaningful teaching as well. And so we have um, gatherings outside. One of the favorite ones I've ever been to is at the Mason's house. Was that in November? Or, yeah, or I think it's November or December. December, yeah, you guys were awesome. They're not even members of the church, and they hosted like six, how many? 60 people in their home. What manner of people are you? Um, but we like to, <laughs> they are crazy. Um, you know, one of the things about Highlands, and one of the reasons we have a large area to gather, is we really like to be together. In fact, I can't get these stubborn people like into the sanctuary after Sunday school because they just keep talking to one another. Sometimes I actually go, I've had it. And I walk down there, throw open those doors and say, it's time to start. Stop that fellowship. <laughs> so communities, you want to, you, you know, worship, come to church. You want to go into some deeper teaching, come to Wednesday night. This is your starting point. You want to know some people? Start with communities there are small groups that we have as well that you will get the handle on how to be in those that takes a little bit more i mean day one you can be in a community and get invited to the mason's house or wherever so that's just immediate and then reaching we have what we call servant teams and that's just the ministries in the church and we believe that we not only are hardwired to need all these things as the body of christ we believe that we need to give back to god that's a part of being a Christian. We need to contribute. Um, you know, whether it's serving in the line on Wednesday night, uh, whether it's being an officer, whether it's being in the women in the church, whether it's teaching children in Sunday school, we consider all of these things precious and equal, really. We don't think that the things that are more visible are more important. Nor do we think, we do, nor do we, we also don't think <laughs> that only the ministries that are people are out there kind of sharing the gospel are the only ones that really matter for evangelism. Because remember, we think when we're really the church, it matters for how people understand the reality of Jesus. And so, if you'll turn the page to page 8, what about relationships and it's all about movement? You know, one way of looking at church is kind of what's called cafeteria church. And that is you kind of come into the church and there's like 50 different things to choose from. That's not bad. By the way, this is not bad or good. It's just not what we've chosen to do. The reason we haven't chosen to do it is you, you choose this or that and you're kind of with this little group of people, but you're always kind of orbiting around the rest of the people. You're like, I don't know anybody in this church because I kind of chose this on the cafeteria line and that. And ministries are like that in our church. Just choose a ministry. We, we see ours more like a funnel. If you've got three and a half hours, 
we will give you worship, teaching, nurture, and reaching. We want you to come to church. We want you to come get some teaching on Wednesday night. That's just an hour. You don't have to take 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get here, I understand. We'll even feed you. You don't have to cook. Um, and it's not expensive. And you have a free one, by the way. Um, so, hey, there's, there's some time we're spending together and around the worship service. We're going to go up to our communities. Our children are going to be in Sunday school. There's some more time we're going to be together. We'll come back on Wednesday night. That's just another hour unless you come to dinner. We're going to be together. And then we're going to find a ministry and get to know some other people. Look, one, two, three and a half hours. You tell me the people that you're with three and a half hours every week in your life regardless. And I'll tell you, those are important people in your busy life. You want to know? See, when, rather than orbiting around in this thing, we want, we want to bring you through. We want to be together. And that has, and, and by the way, that's a joy for me because it means I get to be in the middle of the people as well. All right. So that's what, what we're talking about. It's all about movement. I'm going to forget the verbs right now and look at the process of discipleship. Basically, it's, it looks like this. All right. You're in the inquirer's class. You've come to worship, obviously, or maybe you're about to, but you've come before. And we would say this. We need all four, right? Worship, teaching, nurture, reaching. We, we would say to you, you know what? That's awesome. But you need to take another step. Have you been to a community? No, you need to. Try it out. And there's a step toward nurture. Have you, have you tried out Wednesday night? No, try it out. Take another step. Take a little step toward teaching. Take a little step toward nurture. And, and later what we're going to say is, have you found a ministry? And we're not going to make you do any particular thing. I promise you. How are you giving back? This is a process that takes time. And what we're saying is, is we, in these values and vehicles, we invite you to be fully functioning disciples of Jesus Christ in this church. Okay, so don't look at your book. What is our vision? To be, out loud, to be a redeemed community reaching out at the intersections of life and culture. Outstanding. And what are our four values? Worship, teaching, nurture, reaching. And our primary vehicles that are starting place, worship equals Sunday morning worship, teaching equals Wednesday nights, nurture equals communities, and reaching equals serving, ministries. You all get an A, outstanding, and, and, I, and we really appreciate y'all being here as well to learn about this church. Let's pray. Lord. Uh, would you uh, bless this group of people and, and individually, God, we really want what is real. And you are real. And you, in, you endure forever and your love endures forever. And your church will endure forever. Would you bless your church all through the city? We do not consider our church any better than any other church. We just want to be faithful in all your house here. And God, would you help us to do that? And Father, as the service is about, about to begin in a little bit of the second service, would, would you be pleased to move among the congregation this very day and to meet needs where people are and to lift our eyes to your glory and your grace and cause us to worship you with great joy. In Jesus' name, amen.